Right, did you want to introduce this? Should we just do the oh, yeah. greetings and... <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you too, James. <laughs> Shit, yeah, you're right. How's work then? Uh, it's been a whole different world. Um, what can I say? It's good to be back, to know that I'm needed for something in life. Um, but... I don't know if it's worth the stress that it's causing. Mm. I remember the first day you texted me and you said that you did like a 10 hour day. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pure 10 hours, like no commute, nothing else. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's fun. That's fun. It's really fun. And that was on your birthday. Happy fucking birthday, Dan. Oh, mate. I wanted to jump off of the flat building, second floor. Uh, at best, you would have broken your legs. Yeah, it would have got me out of work on the Tuesday, though, wouldn't it? True. You'd be back on that furlough cash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's 20% less you? of my paycheck. Get in. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think I've of the football this weekend? Football? Um... Let's just put it this way. I had high expectations um, than I thought it would be. I know that the players had two months off or a month and a half off, you know, mm. without training and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's been really boring. I watched the Chelsea game today um, mm. or yesterday, if you're listening or watching this tomorrow um, on the Monday. I'm just confusing everyone. Um, but it's. Like with the crowd, I think that's the biggest issue for me. Because the crowd makes quite a big atmosphere, and now there isn't any crowds for obvious reasons. Um, but it's just like a training game. There's nothing more to it, where you can hear the coaches shouting and someone else shouting, and it's like, right, okay, this is not something I'm used to. When I'm used to having a crowd of like thirty, forty, fifty thousand people cheering. Um, so they, what they've done was they've done this artificial noise for crowds. Man City fans might be very familiar with it. <laughs> We're familiar with this at West Ham as well. You remember they started so, doing that? No, I'm not aware of it. Oh, I mean, I'm not aware of it anyway. I'm just taking the piss. No, but that is a genuine thing that West Ham actually did. After we, really? moved, to the, after we moved to the Olympic Stadium in 2016... Like a year later, um, it, it was a headline and it, there were accusations, but I'm willing to believe that that was the case, that they would be simulating crowds like claps and things when West Ham did well, even though the fans at the time really hated the club. So that's a genuine yeah. accusation that was levelled at West Ham. That's, you know, that was a genuine thing that happened. That's very interesting you say that because... I wasn't aware of anything like this beforehand. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, it could be done because I know that a lot of car cars do that nowadays because the insulation, sound insulation on the engine is so good. Um, and it makes it quiet in the car, but quite a lot of people like the noise of the engine when you accelerate. So I know that there's artificial things for that. But I never thought you could make it in a live sports environment where 
it lags and it really showed how much it lags where the ball has been kicked and then you hear the crowd, you know, intensifying. Mm. When it's been kicked, you hear them going, oh, and it, it's whether that goes up or down, whether it's a goal or it's been missed. So the ball's missed, it flies past the net probably about five metres because it's potentially hit the backboard already. And then the crowd only then calms down. It's not a live feed or I don't know if it was my internet, I don't know what was going on, but it just wasn't to the right timing of it. And with it not being at the right timing, it just looked like it was poorly run. Mm, yeah. I'm guessing a big part of that was probably just lag. But I, I, the only game that I watched this weekend was Spurs versus Man United on, I think, Friday night. And the, in terms of the actual quality of the game, I thought it was complete dog shit, honestly. I really didn't. I, I, I had my phone in front of me and I would just be flicking up and down between the two. I wasn't really invested in the game, particularly because I'm not a fan. But I still didn't find it an entertaining game to watch. So I think this, this, you know, this big layoff that we've had has had a big effect on um, the product and the kind of and all of that stuff as well. Because from what I've seen, it wasn't particularly entertaining. No, I, I would definitely agree with you. I think I, I don't know if it's the players who have um, been shagging well, in the it, middle of the night. Some of them have, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I, I get, you know, you haven't trained at the same level. Um, your routine has been broken and all that sort of thing. But with the Premier League compensating for it, and they're saying, well, actually, we'll have nine substitutes on the bench rather than um, seven. And then managers have got the ability to use five of them rather than three. So you'd think players would be played less, yeah. And the players on the bench would come on. So, you know, that level would almost be kept up a little bit more because people get tired and um, fatigue would kick in and all that sort of thing, which is all the basic um, sports have, unless it's like golf or snooker. But anyway, we're not getting to that conversation now. Um, <laughs> all I'm trying to say is it's been very odd because it doesn't feel like those substitutes and that um, change of regulation has really done anything. Because I don't even think the ma most of the managers have used five substitutes. Mm. I think they're so in that way of just using three. Because it was three before, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this, this is one of those things that will just take time to for them to eventually get used to, okay, this is how we can make use of this fifth, fifth, uh, fifth substitute or whatever. And... Um, it may affect tactics long term, but right now, I'm not seeing any difference. And just talking in terms of like the quality, like obviously they 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 haven't been able to train properly or anything. So yeah, that would be a massive massive factor. Like maybe it was just the fact I wasn't as invested in the game, but it just wasn't the same. And we said this about the German football beforehand. Like we were expecting a lot more, mm. and what we've got, yeah, it's it's live sport and that's great. But when you compare that to watching the highlights of the rugby in New Zealand, you know, I'm I'm much more invested in the rugby in New Zealand because they have live crowds and everything, and that adds to the uh, adds to the product. 
whereas with live sports it's just it just kind of with the Premier League it feels like a, just a training match almost yeah yeah I'll definitely yeah. agree with you yeah it's it's one of those things where you think to yourself I would rather be in New Zealand now for me anyway I'm not a big uh, rugby fan but imagine that having a crowd of people near you exactly um, not that not that New Zealand are big fans of the British people now because they've gone to like 24 days without any coronavirus cases and Brits have gone over there and brought new cases in. I think they were Kiwis that were travelling back from the UK but it still doesn't look very good. No, no. Quite funny, if anything. Well, it's for someone like me, I'm, I'm sure to the local Kiwi people, it, it's not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we fucked them up yet again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I. <laughs> this reminds me of something, because obviously the players, okay. like before the games, they've been kneeling, haven't they? Um, because of COVID yeah. and probably got something to do with Black Lives Matter as well. But they've been kneeling, and the refs obviously been blowing a whistle, and then they kneel for a minute. The ref blew a whistle before the Liverpool game, and then I think it was Mane. You can see him at the top of the screen just run across because they think that they're kicking off. Yeah, I've I've seen the video. It's actually quite funny. I've oh, seen so a um, seen a meme of it where you've got um, everyone taking a knee for solidarity and whatnot, and then you've just got Lightning McQueen with Mane's face on the front of it saying, "I am speed." <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean. I, I only saw that clip, so I don't know what he did afterwards, but I'm assuming he legged it back. No, he, he, he just legged it back and started kneeling. That's oh, literally okay. it. Okay. But it's still brilliant. Yeah. So, all in all, the Premier League is not as exciting as we thought it was going to be. It might get more exciting. I think now Liverpool and Everton, that game was an absolute dog shit of a game. I think all other games, except the Arsenal games, which you just any non-Arsenal fan watching them lose is the most entertaining thing because watching they just Arsenal, don't help themselves. Watching Arsenal lose is so funny because their fans for ages and ages and ages wanted Arsene Wenger out and they, they did alright with Wenger like the lowest they dropped to was fifth or sixth and that was in like the last year. Beforehand he was constantly getting them Champions League football and now as soon as he's gone they're down to I think eighth now potentially even lower they are a mid-table so, uh, team I, yeah yeah so in in the last um year that Wenger was there they were sixth so of course they were fourth and um of course they're known for, for the fourth place in the Premier League because of how many years they've just come forth just making that Champions League spot which is fair enough um but their owners are not great so there's a lot more back story stuff onto it so there were um, sixth in Wenger's last year. He then, of course, retired. Um, Emery came in. He was eighth. And now Arteta's there, the tenth. So they're very gradually going down and down and down, which for an Arsenal fan, it must be horrific. Um, must be and I can't imagine how much. bad it is. Um, but for a non-Arsenal fan, it's hilarious. Especially when you see, because I didn't watch the game against Man City at all. I just saw the memes online. 
about yeah. Louise coming on and him being there like this, being ready, <laughs> being ready to fuck shit up as soon as he stepped on. Because was it were they one nil down when he came on, or or were they level? Uh, it, it was nil nil as far as I was aware. <laughs> um, and he came on, and of course he tried chesting or whatever he did, and then um, whatever Man City player just running behind and Sterling, I think it was, went and scored. Uh, he, when when Arsenal put in the bid in for David Luiz from Chelsea, I kind of went and I, and I said, well, why? How how did Chelsea manage to get any sort of money for him? How are they not paying the club who are just trying to get rid of them and just pay clubs to get rid of them? Mm. Which proves right there he's been like hasn't been great at Chelsea, and he's a, a bit of a controversial figure there. But at Arsenal, he's just come in. He hasn't even been there for a year, has he? Oh, don't think so. No, year, no. no it, it, it's yeah, it's the first year there, and um, yeah, it, he's just fitted in very well at Arsenal with um, their with their defenders and with, with the self sabotage of their defenders. Yeah, yeah. Like the only the only reason I knew about him was because he scored mental free kicks when he was at Chelsea. I remember him scoring one that I don't think he should have scored, and he because he's like a centre back defensive midfielder, right? He's 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 yeah. switch, he floats between the two, and I still don't know which he's better at. Well, he he's an attacking centre back, which you don't really get much of because it's like you play on FIFA, right? And you you have a tendency every so often to just get your centre back up if you're winning like three or four nil. Mm. He does that when. Teams are nil nil, and when teams are losing one nil, he will just take the ball and be like, "Ah, oh, sod it, I'm just going to go make a run up." So you don't right. do that when you're an elite footballer playing at the top of the tree, especially when it's nil nil. Especially when it's nil nil. Yeah, and I remember when he first came to Chelsea, he scored quite a few goals, and yeah, okay. And of course, we won the Champions League with him and Cahill at centre back, so it couldn't have been that bad. He was always so, so dodgy, and I never trusted him. Of course, Mourinho came in and sold him, and then, um, of course, change of management came in and got him back and all that sort of thing, which, um, yeah, I never trusted it. But for a neutral fan, um, watch him go destroy another football club is very, very pleasant. Especially when it's a league rival in Arsenal, or at least they used to be a league rival. But then, in recent years, would you, yeah. you wouldn't consider them a rival, would you? To Chelsea, maybe not so much. I think Tottenham are more of a rival, but now Mourinho's there. I don't know if they're more of a rival anymore either. So, who, um, so you know how West Ham have, obviously, their rival is Millwall. Like, that's their derby. Yeah. And then Spurs and Arsenal, North London derby. Who's like Chelsea's equivalent to that? I've never known. I'll probably say Fulham. Okay. Because Stamford Bridge is on the border of Chelsea and Fulham. So um, it's, they're probably the closest ones. There's QPR and Brentford as well. I, will, I don't actually have anything um, against Fulham. I think they're a lovely club, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's QPR that I genuinely hate, like with. Why? Everything that I have. I just think they're... A, I mean, I'm sure they're not, their fans are not, but I think the club um, is just 
not the nicest clubs. I remember um, when Chelsea played against them a few years ago, and that's probably in their best days because they played in the Premier League. Dirty scum got there somehow. Um, they well, they, they just died. Money, that's how. Yeah, and then they went straight back down. That was absolute, brilliant. Yeah, absolute mongrels. But anyway, they, they just dived. And I remember Drogba got a red card and he didn't even touch a player because um, the player literally dived, faked an injury, and then as soon as he saw the red card, he kind of went, oh, yeah, I'll fake it for another minute or two. And then I'll, he got up and started running again. So it's like, just no. And I, I think it's just the whole, um, they are a close rival. Um, and I think it's more of their fans giving more bollocking to Chelsea fans uh, that made me not like them more. Because Fulham fans, I don't, I think they they can accept that they're crap. But QPR fans probably thought that they were great when they were bought out, came up to the Premier League, and then went, "Oh, we're the best thing since sliced bread." No, you're not. You're going right back down, and that's what happened. Yeah, the one thing that the one thing I remember from QPR was that player, that Moroccan player, Adel Tarapt. Yeah, he he was brilliant, but he was so fucking lazy. Like you see pictures of him now. I don't know who he plays for. I think he played like in the French second league. He he now has a massive gut, and he's still a central mid- attacking midfielder, like playing professional football. But the same thing arises with. Um, do you remember Berbatov? Dimitar Berbatov. Uh huh. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. I remember. He used to literally walk around the football pitch. You know, he didn't even run, and he was such a good player. He, he played. He played football walking, and he was still incredible. I think one year he was the um, the prem top scorer at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was up there. I don't know if he was, but he was definitely up there. And it, imagine if he actually ran and he didn't walk. <laughs> how good he would be. <laughs> Literally, right? Yeah. So Tarabat so, was playing at Benfica and then he got demoted to the Benfica B team before going on loan to Genoa. So he was still playing at some decent teams. Yeah, he's playing in Portugal's top league and now in an Italian top league. So it's not like it's um, Farmers League in France. No, yeah, but still. Shit. Okay. So how do you feel about um, the bubbles being allowed to be blown <laughs> the Olympic Stadium now? I, I, I make, the big I, news. I, yeah, the big news that West Ham were allowed to blow bubbles as they walked onto the pitch at, at the Olympic Stadium. Couldn't give a shit. Um, it makes zero what? difference. Um, but you might not know, but what's the story behind the bubbles? I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I've only I, I've been going to West Ham games since I was a young kid, and I have no idea why our, our thing is. I'm forever blowing bubbles. In fact, I'm going to put Jamie again, and I'm going to look this up right now. Get that shit up, James. Get it up. <laughs> why do West Ham chant "I'm forever blowing bubbles"? Right. 
Hang on, share screen. Right. Uh, why do West Ham sing it? Come on, internet. Have you seen Andy Carroll's new beard? I have not seen his new beard. Is he's it gone really bad? Proper, he's gone proper Red Dead Redemption. Oh, has he actually? So he's, I don't know for those people who um, are listening, he's basically left his side beard on and he's left his moustache like going down, but he's shaved his goatee. It's very, very weird. So he's got like a full on beard, just his goatee, his... Oh, I see. Like that middle bit, that middle bit there is just missing. Yeah. It's strange to say the least. Yeah, I saw I saw one of my friends from uni yesterday. Um, socially distanced, obviously, and his beard and his beard trim stopped working when he did like that middle bit there. So he just had this strip down the middle of his face and everything else there. I couldn't take him seriously at all. Brilliant. So maybe he tried to do the Andy Carroll. <laughs> he accident he accidentally did the Andy Carroll. There's no proven account of how West Ham fans came to sing bubbles. Uh, so apparently some school kids just started playing it. What? Another states that he inherited the nickname. Yeah, no one really knows. That was a bit of a dead right. end. That, so, yeah, okay. That's, that's not a fun story. So I don't know if you know, but of course, going down to Brighton Uni, I've, I've gone to a few of the Brighton matches. And, um, yeah. That was back when they were fighting promotion, um, back in 2017, I think it was. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but do you know about the rivalry between Crystal Palace and Brighton? Why they hate I, each other? I do know about the rivalry, yes. So what, what do you think the reason is for their rivalry? Or do you know what the reason is? I actually, I, some, a, a Brighton fan explained it to me once. And I think it was something to do with a previous manager or something who didn't like them, or am I getting this completely wrong? Yeah, no. So it's actually quite funny because people think that, of course, um, quite a lot of rivalries are geographical. So like you said, West Ham, Millwall, because they're close by, Tottenham, um, Arsenal, because they're close by, Liverpool, Everton and all that. And people associate Crystal Palace and Brighton because, of course, Crystal Palace is in Croydon and Brighton is only down in Brighton. So it's just the link of what? The M23. So two relatively big teams, not that far off from each other. People associate it with that. But what it actually is, is I'm not sure which set of fans did this, but one of the managers, it was either Brighton or Crystal Palace, was having like tea at a... Um, a tea or coffee at an event that um, was like fan meets. When was event. this? A long time ago. A long time, like in the 60s or so. Right. Um, so one of the fans came up to meet the um, opposition manager and shook his hands and he had his tea in his hand or something like that and the fan just whacked his tea all over the manager and from there on the manager lost it. 
with those fans. He started um, going to all sorts of other places with the, with the team and fans saying what happened. And that's where it grew from. The fans started hating each other. And since then, it's been going on. Is that what you're looking up now? Yeah, I'm kind of Googling it. Um, but I remember not too long ago in, I think, 2015, like Brighton played Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, when Brighton played Crystal Palace, um, basically they found a shit in the Crystal Palace changing room. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, this was like... 2000 this this wasn't too long ago this was like five years ago maybe even less so i mean it would be great to begin... sort of clarify it but from what i remember i was told that was the story of why the rivalry is so big nowadays could be could be wrong i don't know do confirm hmm i'm just reading through it now Brighton were awarded. Mm. Yeah, your story makes most sense. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to take your version of events on that because I can't find anything that would contradict that. What I'm trying to find is the story of the shit. Did anyone yes, take yes. responsibility for it? Yes. So this was this was um, a a promotion playoff between Brighton and Crystal Palace. Yeah. This this right here. So the second leg was marred by a bizarre off-field incident. Human excrement was discovered smeared across the floor in the away dressing room toilets. <laughs> This bit right here, what the fuck? Subsequent investigation failed to identify the perpetrator, of course it did. That it was the Crystal Palace coach driver. <laughs> Former Palace player said it was because the Crystal Palace coach driver couldn't control himself. He had uncontrollable diarrhea. How did he get into the changing rooms, though? Surely they're like passes and who's allowed to go where. Well you, you would think, wouldn't you? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Did you, did you see the end bit with Gus Poyer being suspended for mm. reaching whatever thing? Could it have been him, do you reckon? Just absolute shithousery where he went, we can't win, I'm just going to go shit on the floor. I would be amazed if, if the manager went to that level. That's proper dedication. I would give I mean, that man a pay rise and a contract extension. He he got a job at Sunderland afterwards, didn't he? So there you go. Or was it beforehand? So so he went from shitting on a floor to managing a shit club? Yeah. That's a, there's your pay rise right there. <laughs> but then Sunderland will probably... I don't know if... Was he manager of Sunderland? I didn't realise. At one point, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Gotta love that. Shit, quite literally. Um, so, all in all, 
that's a that, well. I think that's it's been a shitty week. Thumbs up. Yeah, it's been a it's been a funny week. It hasn't been the best of weekends of football. Let's hope it gets better, um, yeah. and we will be in touch Friday yes, for a new episode. Yes, absolutely. If you got to this point, thanks for watching, and we will see you again next time. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye.